Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. In other words, it's when we're by faith under grace that the works will be the evidence of that grace. When you've tasted of the Lord and you've seen that He is good, then it ruins you for Him. And it becomes the driving passion and motivation in your life. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Pastor J.D. talks to us today about how we are justified by faith, under grace alone. Your works don't save you, but if your faith is in God, then you will perform works that are evidence of that faith. When Jesus is your everything, you can't help but expand to be more like Him. He becomes not only your rest, but your inspiration for good works. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I hope you don't mind if I kind of focus in and spend our time on just this one shadow called the Sabbath. And the reason is, well, first of all, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist growing up which was part of the reason why I (laughs) knew a thing or two about legalism. But when I came to Christ at age 19, I began to really understand what the purpose of all of those things were. Those feasts, they point to the person of Jesus Christ. The Sabbath, it points to the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus Christ. He's the reality. So I want to just talk a little bit about this matter of worshiping on the Jewish Sabbath, which has been the source of confusion for many a Christian today. We actually did an in-depth study of this, ironically enough, It was when we were renting the Seventh-day Adventist church. And when we were in the book of Exodus and going through a study of the Ten Commandments, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, we did an in-depth study on the fourth commandment. You can actually go to our website and find the archived teaching there on the archive page. Suffice it to say, as it relates to our text today, The Sabbath rest was a shadow pointing to Jesus, listen, fulfilling the Sabbath such that we now have rest, Sabbath rest if you prefer, from our works. We don't have to work for our salvation. We have a Sabbath rest that we enter into. This is what the writer of Hebrews said in chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. Speaking of Christ, he says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from His. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. What does that mean? What that means is this. There is a Sabbath rest in Christ. Jesus Christ fulfills the Sabbath. He is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Here's an illustration that really helped me a lot. Let's say you're in town, Honolulu, and you see a sign. And the sign says, Kaneohe, 13 miles. I actually think there is a sign in closer to the Pali that has Kaneohe, 13 miles. So you're, you're looking at that sign. Now, that sign is there to point you to your final destination, Kaneohe, which we're glad that's your final destination specifically Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, at 47525 Kamehameha Highway. (laughs) But I digress. So now that sign is pointing you to your final destination. Now, when you arrive in Kaneohe, that sign has fulfilled its purpose. It's not done away with. It's still there. It has just fulfilled its purpose, to point you to your final destination. And when Jesus came and fulfilled that which that sign, that Sabbath, that feast, which by the way, interesting word in the original language of the Hebrew, it's the same word in my native tongue of Arabic, the festivals or feasts, the feasts of God that He gave to Israel, the seven feasts. That word in Hebrew, the same in Arabic, is moad. And it basically means point to, or appointed, or appointment. So like in Arabic, if I say to you, ana andi moad ma'akum, basically what I'm saying is, I have an appointment moad with you. So it is a feast moad that points to that which is yet future, the final destination. When Jesus Christ came, reached here His destination in His first coming, and He fulfilled every single one of those feasts. Let's just take the first three, just for fun, if you don't mind. (laughs) What are you going to say? I mind? Doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. Bear with me. So you have the feast of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. That is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what those feasts, those first three of the seven feasts, pointed to Moad, and were fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ. The Passover, the feast of Passover. Every time we celebrate the communion table, we talk about this. So this is the feast, the festival, the Moad, that the Israelites would celebrate in the deliverance out of slavery and bondage while in Egypt. They were to take a lamb, and they were to inspect that lamb for four days on the 10th of Adar. And for four days they were to inspect that lamb, put that lamb on trial, if you will, And that lamb had to be found without spot or blemish or wrinkle. 
And if it was found to be without spot or blemish or wrinkle, then they would take that lamb at the ninth hour, the exact hour that Jesus was crucified, and they would slay that lamb. They would slit the throat, break the body, not the bones, the body, and then the blood would be shed from the broken body of that lamb. And then they were to take a hyssop branch, very interesting, and they were to put that hyssop branch, dip it in the blood, put it at the top of the door. The bottom had a basin on the left side of the door and on the right side of the door in the shape of a cross. Generations before the Romans would ever invent the most cruel form of execution known as crucifixion. And if the Israelites had the blood of that innocent lamb shed and spread on the doorposts in the shape of a cross, then the angel of death in that 10th plague would pass over them. A picture pointing to Moad, the person of and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He is our Passover lamb, the unleavened bread, without sin, yeast, the leaven, a type of sin, which is why the bread had to be unleavened. That's the burial. They would bury that bread, hide that bread, actually. It's a very interesting nuance. And then the Feast of first fruits is the resurrection when He rose again from the dead on the third day. That's the three feasts. They were shadows. This is why, by the way, we don't celebrate Passover and unleavened bread, and first fruits, and Pentecost, and the Feast of Trumpets, and the Feast of, oh boy, my memory is going to be tested now, um, and I'm missing tabernacles. Thank you, Lord, I did it. Oh, goodness, I'm not losing it completely. The first four of the feasts were fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ, and the last three will be fulfilled at the rapture and the second coming and the kingdom age of Jesus Christ when He rules and reigns. My point, some of you are looking at me like, do you even have a point? I do. My point is this, they're all shadows. They all point to the person of Jesus Christ. The Sabbath, a Sabbath rest, to rest from your works, points to us resting from our works for our salvation. Jesus fulfilled it. And we enter into Christ, and as such we enter into that Sabbath rest. Well, we still have a problem, right? Because there are those who as Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 14, verses 5 and 6, he says, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord, and give thanks to God. What's Paul saying here? What he's saying here is, in Christ 
we're free to worship on Saturday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even more better, (laughs) we're free to eat all the Kahlua pork we want. In other words, it's not a do or don't. Instead, our works or deeds of righteousness are a get to, not a got to. Think, think about this. Think this through with me. We've talked about this before, and I, it's kind of, oh, how do I say it? It's a, this is how my mind works, and, I, and just pray for me, because I know they have clinical terms for this. But I just always think in terms of, how does God feel when I say, man, i got to get up early in the morning, and i got to get into the Word and spend time with God? Could you imagine? Those of you, parents, grandparents, what if your kids, your grandkids came up to you and said, I've got to spend time with you. You know what? It's okay. Don't bother. No need. I don't want you to have to spend time with me. I want it to be a want to, not a have to. I want it to be a get to, not a got to. I want it to be that you just cannot wait to spend time with me. You know what legalism says? Legalism says, I have to have works under the law. Whereas faith says, I want to have works under grace. Now here's the question. Okay, it's all of grace. I'm free in Christ. All things are lawful. Not all things are profitable, but we always stress the all things are lawful. I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. So I'm going to go watch that movie. Here's a litmus test, for lack of a better way of saying it, that has really helped me in my own walk with the Lord when it comes to all things being lawful, but not all things being profitable. Here's what I ask myself. Will that movie I see, that music I listen to, or that relationship or friendship that I have draw me closer to God, or will it distance me further from God? That's the litmus test for me. You know, when it comes to music, because that's how I got saved, I was really, sadly, I was demon-possessed. I mean, I was literally demon-possessed because of the satanic music that I listened to. This is in my teenage years. I got saved at age 19. And I had somebody just present the gospel, and they shared about how that these bands, these groups that I was so into, like ACDC and Pink Floyd, and this is going to jam somebody's gears uh, when I say this, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, that they had all sold their soul to the devil for rock and roll, for fame and riches. It's not a gimmick. It was real. And so I really came to a knowledge that Satan was real before I came to the conclusion that if Satan was real, that means that Jesus had to be real too. So music has always been an issue for me. I have to just be honest and open with you. Okay. So as a young believer, I would go into, you know, a store and they'd be playing that, we call it elevator music. 
And just the instrumental, I knew every word to that song. To this day, I can still recite every word to those songs. And there was no vocals, it was just instrumental, but there was the enemy right there, just ACDC, I'm on the highway to hell. Literally. That was one of their flagship albums and songs. I'm on the highway to hell. You know that song, I didn't mean to go this far into it, but too late, bear with me. You know that song, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin? Number one song of all time to this day. Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, at the time that that song was written, not one word changed. They were living in a mansion in England that was owned by a professing Satanist by the name of Aleister Crowley. By the way, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the uh, Sgt. Pepper taught the band to play. You know who Sgt. Pepper was? Aleister Crowley. And there in the mansion, it's Jimmy Page, it's Robert Plant, and Jimmy tells Robert, get a pen, I've got a song. And he writes the words verbatim to Stairway to Heaven, and not one word was changed. They're quoted in Rolling Stone magazine as saying that not one word was changed. And to this day, and again, I'm just being, I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable, but I have to tell you, I know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But I have to tell you, to this day, if I hear that song, I get mesmerized, almost hypnotized, and drawn in to the chords, the rhythms, and it disables my conscious mind from listening to the words. The words are nonsensical. There's a reason for that. I don't want to get into that. It is a very satanic song. One more song, and I I remember talking with Jimmy, our drummer, on this. It was uh, not the Beatles, but Paul Harris. Was that the the drummer for the, that did that song? George Harris, right? Hallelujah. Wow, man, it just draws you in. It's so mesmerizing and hypnotic. And, you know, you're just, you find yourself singing, (laughs) you know, Hallelujah. And before you know it, you're singing this, Hare Krishna. Whoa! I don't know why I went off on that, but maybe that was a word for somebody today. Oh, I know why. It's coming back to me now. I started getting legalistic about the music I started listening to as a new Christian. I'm like, do not listen to that. I would go into a store, they're playing some of that music. I'd go right out of that store and go find another store. That's how legalistic I was. And it took time, over a period of time, where God just began to do that work in me. And to this day now, I love Christian music, obviously. Some of the contemporary Christian music nowadays, maybe it's because I'm older. My boys, they're younger, and they're you know telling me about some of these new Christian artists. And I'm thinking, wow. Of course, they said that about us back in our day too, right? But I, I love contemporary Christian music. I certainly love worship music. I absolutely love the classic hymns. But here's another thing. I love Arabic music, and I love Hawaiian music. I really love Hawaiian music. So for me, it doesn't pull me away from the Lord. That music, actually, even though it may not be Christian music, but I was so legalistic, I would never listen to secular music. It's of the devil. 
So now, (laughs) I hope I'm illustrating grace and works. Maybe I better let James help me out in closing. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 24. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and One of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. I love James. You got to understand, this was the half-brother born to Joseph and Mary after the virgin birth of Jesus the Christ. Could you imagine growing up with the perfect (laughs) half-brother in your home? His room was always clean. He always obeyed mom and dad. You were always compared to him. I mean, you, you would grow up, I mean, I know I would, well, anyway, enough of my problems, but just in your face, blunt, right out of the gate, straight out of the gate. You do well, the demons believe. How about that? That's only James. I love, I love James. We're going to get to James, maybe before the rapture, uh, after Colossians is First and Second Thessalonians, then we'll talk about James. He goes on, verse 20, but Do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. In other words, it's when we're by faith under grace that the works will be the evidence of that grace. When you've tasted of the Lord and you've seen that He is good, then it ruins you for Him. And it becomes the driving passion and motivation in your life. And legalism has no place in that life under grace. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to study the Scriptures for yourself, taking Pastor J.D.'s message here in Colossians to the source and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal His truth to you. You'll always benefit from spending time in the Word. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. 
This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Home. There's a lot to discover at our website. You'll find more messages from Pastor J.D.'s Colossians series, along with links to our mobile app and social media pages. You can even listen to the latest Mideast prophecy update from Pastor J.D., a look at the current events in this world and how they line up with Scripture. That website, one more time, is in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to 